We are going to talk about a movie. This is gonna be a disaster. It was one of the best movies of the year. It's gonna go so Probably one of the last movies I would ever want to see in a theater. And welcome to 10 Years On. I am your host, Jacob London. Today, we are looking at the films that was released on January 29th, 2010. I am joined by my usual guest of panelists, Taylor Robinson. How are you? Look, I'm a lot better this week than I was last week, and I'll tell you why. One of these movies this week is so freaking just crazy entertaining. I had so much fun with it. And the other movie, I went, why? Why are we doing this? But at least this week, I had a little bit of something to balance it out. Unlike last week, where it was just three movies that I just regretted everything after having to watch them. So that's, that's about where I'm at right now. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm joined by my other panelists. Nick, how you going? I'm very well, thank you. Look, on the, on the uh, theme of balance, there is definitely a very lighthearted, fun, romantic romp. And then there is one of the most bleak, depressing, gloomy, <laughs> violent movies with Mel Gibson. So, I mean, take that what you will, but balance. So just like Mel Gibson. It's a Mel Gibson movie, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I just filmed Mel Gibson for an hour and a half and watched it. <laughs> Peter, how are you? I'm good, yeah. This week was, you know, it's like we've sat through, you know, three weeks of, <laughs> Things that aren't great. At least this week was the the movies where like I don't hate myself for watching these. Yeah. I, I do you think I don't know if I'm gonna watch them again anytime soon. <laughs> but I didn't like regret pressing play. <laughs> do you think that's just because we're getting worn down by these movies? So this is the first time I have ever understood the term. January sucks yeah. <laughs> like because I, we have to give context for why this is um, January in Australia is mostly filled with Oscar films because yeah. we don't, as you can tell we don't get a lot of these movies until much later in the year whereas in so our January if I'll just go back like our January for in Australia was it's complicated not a terrible movie but like not a good great one but not terrible Tooth Fairy, up up in the air, yeah, and yeah. Brand New Day, like which was an Aussie film. Yeah, and then a week later you had Invictus. Yeah, an Oscar movie. Oscar like, mate, yeah. you know, Nine, which oh no that ex- that, no, that got nominated. That got nominated. Yeah, should yeah. have been a lot more of an Oscar. It, movie, yes, it should have. Yeah. But still, like in the, it's not a, it's not what we've dealt with. Yeah, yeah. A, a, the Toy Story re-release, which is yeah, take it take it or leave it, and in the loop. So far, and then the ones that were released this week, which yeah. are again two, two. Well, one's an Oscar movie, one's just a dumb action movie. It is interesting though when you say it like that because even though it's not as much like this now in the U.S., mm. that's kind of where that has always come from yeah. for us because this is the stuff we used to get. Just bang, 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 bang. That was our January, where yeah. it's just like, oh god. Yeah. Are movies ever going to be good again? <laughs> and it's it's quite fascinating for us to then go, okay, let's go back and actually watch these in January based on a US release. Yeah. 
I get why critics hate January now. And you've also got, because December is so known for yeah. one or two massive releases. So there's also like that trickling down. Mm. Like we're seeing it in yeah. 2010, like Avatar that just kept on going. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like you had Star Wars in December and this year and Jumanji. So those movies sort of. Like the big tentpole you know, movies. So that's yeah. why, yeah, January just like movies that they're just like, we don't really care. Dump them out. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's quite fascinating to me. But. Let's move on to this week's wide-released films. You've already touched upon it. We have Edge of Darkness, which opened in 3,066 theatres, and When in Rome, which opened in 2,456 theatres. So we're only talking about two movies this week. That shocks me to an extent, that the easily marketable romantic comedy opened in less screens than the Mel Gibson thriller. We'll get to that because... The marketing for Edge of, of I'm going to do it. I swear, I'm going <laughs> to do it at least once, where I call it Edge of Tomorrow instead of Edge of Darkness. Um, the the marketing for Edge of Darkness promoted the fact that it was Mel Gibson's fir- return. Yeah, yeah and okay. we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Fair enough. Uh, in limited release films, we had North Face, Preacher's Kid, The Most Dangerous Man in America, Daniel Ellersberg, and The Pentagon Papers, Saint John of Las Vegas, Off and Running, and Falling Awake. So that, anyone ever heard of any of those? No, but that giant title. Yeah, <laughs> that's given me like Panic of the Disco flashbacks. Yeah. Like yeah. Is that a documentary? I'm guessing. It sounds do- it, I, it, it, I'm, I might source this out. guessing it has to be. Uh, well, let's move on to our, our first one. The, 20, the uh, 2010 Kristen Bell and Josh Dumal Romantic film when I'm not even going to say the word. The romantic film when in Rome. Beth is a young, ambitious New Yorker who is completely unlucky in love. However, on a whirlwind trip to Rome, she impulsively steals some coins from a, a reputed fountain of love and is then aggressively pursued by a band of suitors. Well, let's talk about this poster for a second. <laughs> yes, yes. Poster well, it's talk. The, the, the new... Uh, because... Josh Jumel can look at me like that anytime. <laughs> he's he also does. not looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's like, I like you, Kristen Bell, but whoever is next to you, he's like, I'm really <laughs> digging her. He's, or he's looking That's at his... That's the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or he's looking at his friend going... You see, eh? you see eh? this? <laughs> that is a very look. I think that's a very flattering picture of Kristen Bell. I think she looks Does, great. Do people normally bite their pinkies as a form of like? <laughs> mm. I mean, I mean, if Josh Jamel was looking at me like that, <laughs> I'd be like, I'll bite my pinky all the way to <laughs> bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I the mean, pinky I, bank. Yeah. You, I mean, I don't think so, but I'm willing to forgive it because <laughs> look at her. Like, I'm fine with just. I'm good. Nah, fair enough. So. Yeah. So, so much glowing. I will say, though, it's really... Oh, God, yeah. It's really interesting because this isn't too much different from the poster we got for Leap Year. Like, the romantic comedy ones so far are very, like, focused on... It was was like if we have two people that the audiences are relatively familiar with, 
we don't need anything, anything else, else but just them. Two because you're like, attractive you people as well, let's not forget. Yeah. I love that you can just make out that there's some sort of European building yeah. in the background. Yeah. I didn't even see that until so you pointed it out because <laughs> yeah. I was staring at Josh doing that. So. <laughs> I love how you guys are staring at Josh and I'm like, Kristen. Well, no, Chris, Kristen. like Christian, it's there's something well, about putting about a smile. No, I'm looking at Kristen Bell and that smile, there's something like so photoshopped about the smile that it scares me a little bit. Whereas like, I'm like, Josh, I'm more intrigued Dude, to what Josh, he's looking at. If he looked at Is me like that, I'd be like, you're fucking creepy. <laughs> um, I'd still take it. Uh, yeah. All right, let's let's move on to this film. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the movie as yeah, well. Right? Yeah, all right, all right let's move yeah. on to the film. Okay, I'm going to start with you because you're the one on the table that likes this movie. Oh, I don't think that's fair. Uh, uh, hey, okay, fair enough. On, uh, my, okay. on my Letterboxd review, I wrote at least it was better than Leap Year. <laughs> so I had fun with this movie. I tried to. In fairness, this is the most notes I've ever taken for a <laughs> movie on this show. So I have mixed feelings. But All right. So I had a lot of fun with this movie. I by no means am saying that this movie is great, but it's it's hard for me to say. I think people get confused because if I don't say a movie is great, they'll assume that I don't like it, but that's not necessarily true. I had so much fun with this movie. I think that it is so beyond ridiculous, like the storytelling decisions that it makes, the people that it very purposely casts yeah. to play these extremely outrageous <laughs> roles like in this movie. Stereotypical like, It just goes for it. There's the worst fake tan I've ever seen on a person in a movie that exists in this movie. Where his, where his face... <laughs> look on Peter's face right now. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I was like, yeah. and then I was like, that's right, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, it, like this, this movie just goes for it in every sense of the word and it's i don't i don't know what to say about it just because i <laughs> i feel like i'm in such a minority here on this table that like anything i say you guys are going to be like just have a way to rip it apart so i don't really know i don't really know where to That's go That's not with my this. sole intention like, but <laughs> no like i i was highly entertained by this movie because of how ridiculous it was. Like, it was a level of ridiculousness that made the film work. I think it's why something like Leap Year didn't work for me. Mm. Because I feel like Leap Year wasn't having as much fun as When in Rome was. I mean, there's... We'll touch on the, the cameos. I, I think that's the one of the stronger elements of the film is stereotypically casting... Look, stronger in the sense that this movie doesn't have lots of strengths <laughs> and it's little Bambi legs that are standing on one of those legs is the cameos. Before it gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Dax Shepard was fucking hilarious oh, in this movie. Dude. Knowing he's Kristen Bell's wife. Knowing he... Uh, husband, sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, actually, that's probably pants. more accurate. She, he yeah, made probably yeah, more she, accurate. Like, I was like, she's bringing home a lot more bacon than you, buddy. <laughs> But she's, like, li she's living off those frozen yeah. <laughs> frozen money and right what's, now. And what's he living off? He made chips. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. But they're like, it, it was. It's funny watching him be able to act like that against his wife. You know what I mean? He plays the douchebag. He's ripped. He's staring at something. Like I was laughing at a little what he does. Will Arnett is so over. I actually wrote down. I was like, is Will Arnett's 
accent racist. Like I don't <laughs> like it was too much at points. So he's like, I love you. You are the only one for me. And I was like, I did, but then the movie doubles down on its ridiculousness as it goes on. So I was like, ah, well. Let that one pass. But then at the end, it also pays off where it goes. <laughs> it's brilliant oh, payoff. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> he was faking it he the whole time. He was faking it the whole time. <laughs> Which and is a good payoff. I also love at the end, I just want to say that Dax is the only character that learns nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he's the one that's still I a douchebag at I the did very laugh. end of it. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going to help you. And I know we probably won't sleep together, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I also have plenty of other chicks to sleep with and I'm still sexy. <laughs> the one that wigs me out the most in this movie is John Heater. <laughs> There's an uncomfortable nature about He's his character. so creepy <laughs> and not in an enjoyable, but, this but, is funny way. But I do like that there is at least one character like that because if this actually happened in some wacky world, you know at least one of them would be so creepy towards her that it's not even like... Actually, yeah. there is one scene that is creepier than John Heater and this is what I wrote down. Danny DeVito playing cat and mouse is a beautiful nightmare. When he is chasing her around that art room (laughs) and she's like trying to go in for the kiss and it's this short Danny DeVito being like, "Uh, come here, baby. I was like, this is disgusting. (laughs) But it's Danny DeVito. So some reason I find this funny. But I, like I said, want to give it credit because if this did happen, and even if it wasn't like this, even if it was just a bunch of, bunch of men hitting on Kristen Bell, because why wouldn't you do that? Like, there would be creepy guys not oh, funny. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be funny. It would just be creepy. Be, yeah. You'd have to be like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, but this is, like, probably the realest element of yeah, the entire yeah. movie. Fair, fair like, And to me, I was, I'd look at that and go, yeah, yep, I understand what that looks like and <laughs> if you're gonna ground it in anything like that's to me a realistic thing to try and ground it in a little bit probably maybe why it's one of the strongest points well for me anyway why the strongest points of the movie to be fair so yeah i had a big issue with well like one of the big issues <laughs> like because you know she flies to rome for 48 hours for her sister's wedding and her sister is marrying an italian who as we learn at the uh, reception doesn't understand English. That's right. Yeah. But then <laughs> the sister is on the phone to Kristen Bell and they're speaking in English and he's overhearing it and understands and giving yeah. every advice. single word and giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's how angry he is. Oh, like, I want hey. them to speak English. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of like out of everything I was watching. Yeah, right. It's just like I didn't even pick that, that doesn't up. make sense at all. You're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's a bigger conspiracy. Yeah, here. something going like, on oh, here. So he's just pretending to be Italian. Like, do we even know? Like, no, he is Italian in the movie. But uh, yeah, that just like was one of those things that I went, oh, it's problematic. But, uh, <laughs> no, be as much of the, the movie, movie is. But um, I saw this. 10 years ago in the cinemas on my own volition <laughs> with my mother. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> and I remember like coming out of that going, that wasn't too bad. Watching it again. I was like, Nope, it's, 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 it's not aged. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to reach out to my fellow ladies out there and see if anyone else is like me. But I used to live in a house with six other girls when I was in school and 
this was one of the movies we had on rotation, like when we had girls <laughs> That makes night, sense just to me. To like but it's that perfect sort of movie. Like it is, it's funny, it's accessible, it's ridiculous. Like read, it's easy to watch. It's funny that you said that because I read something that apparently in, I think in Europe, there's some like TV channel that replays when in Rome, like every one or two months. Right. It's okay. just like a movie that they... They're proud of. But you sort of think, weird, because they don't really treat... <laughs> like it's not but, but I think, but, but I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think that's a big part of a much bigger problem that a lot of American film criticism has is they get offended for other countries. Yeah, and then the other countries right. that it's about are yeah, like, oh, yeah. this is fun, this is funny, yeah. and Americans are like, how dare you disrespect yeah. Rome like this? It's yeah, probably yeah. like the same way we watch like Crocodile Dundee or something like that. Like we know that it's making fun of Australian culture, but it's like. That's who we are. My favorite example has always been The Simpsons, where oh, you know The Simpsons yes. do The Simpsons do Japan, they do Brazil, they and do oh, London, they do, yeah, yeah, they do yeah. all these stereotypes, and there's this outrage whenever they do it. They do us, and we went, yeah, that's us. The dollar, <laughs> the dollar. Like, there's almost a petition to change our currency <laughs> to the dollar. Do. I was <laughs> like, yeah, we all play Nike Spoonie. <laughs> 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 we love it. But I do want to say one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is at the beginning where Kristen is tasked with breaking the vase. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That, was, that, that made that me. Was, and I was like, that was funny. Like her determination to break it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yep. Okay, cool. Yep. I was like, like, this is, this is, I relate to this where I would be like, why? Is it just me, apparently, that can't break this thing when, like, it, everything about this ceremony depends on, like, because it's like, it's a, you know, like, however many pieces it breaks into is their years of happiness, and yeah. she, like, can't fucking break it. And then Josh Duhamel comes in, fucking football boy, yeah. just <laughs> rockets that thing and just shatters everywhere, it's just I like... Was- Slightly aroused. <laughs> I mean, he broke. Like, can we work that? Vase. Can we? I have a question. <laughs> many. <laughs> so he he got struck by lightning specifically on the neck. On the right neck, here. right? Like it wasn't like a. But, oh, but, it hit the guy. Like it hit him. But. And not only did it hit him on the neck while he was mid diving, <laughs> tackling somebody else. I fucking love that shot. And it's like a point the, five yeah. second shot where they flash it, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's almost like I would watch yeah. a very serious sports drama about Josh Jumel as a football player who gets struck by lightning, and you imagine it gives him like. Magical power. Yeah, I'd watch. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'd watch a whole spin-off about this. Yeah, like, but it's a throwaway. Rome, it's such a specific lightning. throwaway gag. I don't. I love like, it so much. I was so. And then, confused. but then it saves the entire movie because yeah, the, yeah, because yeah. the paint the painting of him that they right. like comes in at the end and it's the best painting of the whole game. So like, do we and do we think that him getting struck by lightning is why, for some odd reason, he walks into poles? All yes. The time? <laughs> Holy shit, I wrote this as well. I wrote, did I miss something? Why does he keep running into shit? And then I wrote, avoiding the pole and falling in the hole is a shit joke. Well, remember, he he doesn't have the peripheral vision he used to have after he got struck. Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah, we'll forget the film for that one. You covered your plot hole there. I just want to say, this is clearly the most we've enjoyed a movie in a while. Yeah, for sure. It's it's so ridiculous. And I, I, I agree, like... 
Leap Year I didn't enjoy because it wasn't, I didn't find it funny or romantic. This one, I, I wouldn't say this is like, no clever humor. No, no. But no. I think because the cast, they're just going for it. Like they're like, we know this is dog shit. Exactly. <laughs> but we're going to just like commit. And Kristen Bell, she's she is just <laughs> like she is charming beyond what charming is. Yeah. You know? Like she's so lovable, even when Dude, yeah. when you place her next to the woman that plays her sister. You can tell who acts well and who does not. Oh, yeah. Now, her sister was played by... Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. Now, she she had a few movies around that time. Like, I remember her from the 2010s. I love the height difference between her (laughs) and her husband. For some reason, I laughed at that. I know that wasn't an intentional visual gag. It's like a Kardashian gag. thing where like a little yeah. tiny one gets with like an eight-foot basketball player. A huge player, player. Player. Fool's, Fool's Gold, was is she's in that. Yeah. Um, I remember in that. And Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Okay, and I remember one. her from that. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. I mean, look, this movie has some ridiculous say, shit. I just want to say, you can like we made the point last week when we talked about that Harrison Ford movie, you can tell when someone's a good actor... When even if the script is crap, yeah, you buy into it. Yeah. When Kristen was talking, I did. When her sister was talking, I was like, "What mm. the fuck?" Yeah, like you, what you, the fuck? You deserve to be in this movie, sort of <laughs> thing. And and Kristen Bell and Josh Duhamel working off each other, I'm like, I totally buy yeah. it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I love Josh Duhamel. Even when they're dancing at the wedding, and they've only known each other for maybe like four hours. And they're like very close, and they do like the thing where like you know she looks up at him because she's tiny and he's giant, <laughs> and which is first of all yeah. you need that in yeah. a romantic yeah. comedy. Oh, yeah. You Insanely, need the height, yeah. like come on. And like they they have like an almost kiss, and like the way that it's f- like framed, it's almost like we've watched an entire movie waiting yeah. for this moment, but we haven't. But I'm like it's, it's a testament well. to the fact that Josh Shimel like opens his mouth, and you're just like okay. <laughs> well, and I think that goes back to the way that you guys at least talked about Leap Year, where you guys didn't buy the chemistry there yeah. at all, not yeah. even for a second. No, no. But now so. I buy it. No. And I mean, like, that's, uh, you're right. It's a testament to how the movie structures its romantic plot. It's yeah. it's such a crazy plot that you want to buy into it because yeah, like, it's, it's fun. Yeah, because it's like... It's so strange. It's, it's not trying to be anything that it's not. Yeah, like, don't get us wrong. We're not talking like about, like, the new classic romantic comedy anyway. <laughs> like, this is a bad movie, but you watch it going, like, you'll probably forget it as soon as it's Yeah. Done. But while you're watching it, you're like, I'm entertained just because this is so batshit crazy. Yeah. Speaking of batshit crazy, what are that fucking night vision goggle restaurant? Oh, yeah. dude. Or the, da- the dark that was restaurant. so fucking LA. It's not <laughs> even funny. Uh, like, see, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Like, I could feel that would be a real thing. And that is weird. Like, that scene is just, like, you want, like you said, batshit crazy. That's like, <laughs> the fact that he's like, you know what? This is the perfect date yeah. idea. And We're going to do this. And, like, I know... It, was kind of one of those things like it's not really that funny but Kristen Schell who stars in My Spy <laughs> so she's great for January movies <laughs> how she's like the you know the the wacky waitress and she's like standing there the whole time yeah. so when they're like talking shit about her she's like I'm right here and I'm like that's kind of funny because I thought that scene was funny and I think I think 
Josh Duhamel and Chris Duhamel sell it really well when they're trying to walk around the restaurant <laughs> yeah. and bum into him. They're like looking up, like they can't see anything and shit. Like I was, I and like, found he, like, it pretty funny. Yanks her chair and she's like, yeah. oh, "You've got a gentleman." Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, then they all rock up. They all rock up with all the cameos and night vision goggles. Dude, and they're all it, it makes no sense. Guys, guys, this is why I love this movie. Just because it's like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do this, okay? Like, we're not going to halfway do this? I, just I was like, going to say, I'm out here. <laughs> we have been the only three talking about this, and Paul Jacob, and Jake have just Jacob, been sitting please, there. Please give us your opinion. Retort. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated every we, minute of it. We were sitting there watching this movie, and about every 10 minutes, he would just be like, what the fuck? Like, is it like is it less painful for me to like, gouge out my eyeballs? Yeah. You're weighing and up I, his options. Every time he would make a comment, I'd be like, "This is what you get for all of the other movies you've made me watch so far." Like I'm allowed to be how's the one your, that. How's your leap year now? <laughs> I just like I'm 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 enjoying this because it seems like. For the most part, I'm gonna be the one that has the least amount of movies I enjoy. So when one uh. comes along, where I'm like, you know what? And you're not yeah. alone this week. I know. No, I, I was so scared that it was gonna be leapier all over again, I and I was gonna be like, God damn it! I enjoyed it for how crazy it was, and it's also a peak 2010 film because we've got. Matchbox 20 in the soundtrack. Yes. Oh, dude, that freaking car scene. <laughs> yes. Where they're in the cloud the car. The little mini European car. I actually giggled when the car got into the elevator. When it just fits in, I went... <laughs> I, I know the other peak 2010 song you're going to mention. Is Starstruck by 303. Dude. Featuring Katy, Katy Perry. Perry. Can't trust no ho. Never get that ho. Whatever the song, it's awful. And as soon as it plays that opening scene, I went... I actually went at that point. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this movie because I fucking hate 303 with passion. That I was like, like, remember 303? Remember? Yeah, I messaged just like, guys, it's 303 is in this movie. Dude, I as soon as we started watching it, I was like, oh fuck, I forgot yeah. that's how this movie opens. Yeah. But like, I'm so hey, into it. It picks it up. Oh, dude. And then we get. A song and dance montage during oh the my, credits. With every character. Except I love that Angelica Houston is the only one yeah. smart enough to be like, I'm not dancing in this <laughs> shit. I'm not dancing on the green Angelica screen. Angelica Houston, damn it. How great's that? That, like, you know, they've finished, they've wrapped the movie, and then they've gone, hey, guys, can you just come back for, like, four more hours? It's like, oh, we got to do some research. Like, no, we're going to film a whole, just you guys in a circle dancing because it's how all, and I'd love to say all 2010 romantic comedies end. But I saw Like a Boss the other day and it also ends with a dance slash musical number. So It does too. Yeah, so they haven't got rid of that trope yet, unfortunately. <laughs> Ten years. But I think it's later. also because it's like, it's their wedding. People dance at weddings. But it's not even at the wedding. Like, it's it's Kristen Bell dancing. It's Josh Stewart. It's not their characters. Like, no, you can tell. Dancing. It's like them there. Like, oh, we're all yeah. friends and... and and Pedro's in this movie. Yeah. From Napoleon Dynamite. And he's also Fuck Johnny and his friends. why. <laughs> I feel like he was actually just added in every uh, yeah, shot. Because <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite was a movie that I did not respond to. Right. And John okay. Heater is someone Love I it. am very glad hasn't maintained. Not even career. Blades of Glory? I liked Blades okay. of Glory. Okay, just double but check. But that was more everyone Wilfred. else yeah, in that yeah, movie. Fair enough. Fair and, enough. But John Heater as Napoleon Dynamite can like 
seriously fuck right off. But anyway. <laughs> I've never understood. Yeah. Like, I've never oh, understood. I love it. Honey. I do too. Um, I'm, I, I loved so, that movie when it came out. It's so quirky. Mm. Like it was, I think it was also like a cultural thing. Yes. For me at oh, that age, sure. like the people that were my age at that yeah. time. No. It was just a thing. <laughs> Peter and I. That's all right. You guys, are, you guys are much older than us, so. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, <laughs> Take that boomers. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I look great for my age. <laughs> uh, I think that's when in Rome. Uh, yeah, I'm good with covered. I mean, you, you three good. are all high recommends. I'm a no. It's like a Friday night, like watching it with your gal pals, watching it for day. <laughs> Well, how else am I supposed to say that? That's I'm going to watch this how... with my girls. We're going to get lit. If, you, if you're at school and you are, are rooming with six other girls, this is the one turnt. movie. Or yeah. if you live in Europe. Like and $5 per- bottles of wine. And just... But see, that sounds perfect yeah. for this movie. Like, legit. I watched it on a Monday night at 8pm <laughs> and my girlfriend was sitting on the other end of the couch reading a book and I still enjoyed it. So anyone can enjoy this movie. To Unless you're Jacob. <laughs> Except, yeah, unless you're Jake. And apparently your girlfriend didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, she watched bits. She's, she'd seen it already, so. All yeah. right, on All that right. note. On that note, uh, let's move on to the other film that opened this week, oh, Edge oh, of Darkness. God. As homicide detective Thomas Craven investigates the death of his activist daughter, he uncovers not only her secret life, but a corporate cover-up and his government's collusion that... Uh, sorry, his government's collusion that attracts an agent tasked with cleaning up the evidence. I have one thing I would like to say about this movie, just to kick it off, because this is uh, this is kind of just... This is what set up how I was going to view the entire movie. So spoilers if you haven't seen this movie. It sets up a very interesting premise where his daughter all of a sudden is very sick and coughing up blood. Yeah. And she has this very mysterious illness, it seems. And then right when you're interested in what possibly that could lead to in a storytelling format, she gets fucking bazooka'd to death as she's walking <laughs> out the door. Yeah. And you go, what the fuck was that set up for? Yeah. And at the end, you're like, okay, I guess I can give that to you. But the way yeah. they set it up to me was like they gave that no room to like breathe. Like that could have been the movie. Like that they could had a have very been... good opportunity to make that a big part of the story and they didn't. And they were just like, no, we're just going to throw that away. And then later we'll kind of make you understand why maybe you should care. That's how we told the story. But Very much later. But like well. it feels like about four hours later they're like. It's a slow movie. And this is where why you should care that, oh no, like yeah. the illness kind of mattered but not really. Like it was just a weird it was a weird setup for a movie and it took way too long to get going. You yeah, can tell yeah. that because he, he was also, the director was also such a big part of the TV series that he yes. didn't know how to like cut yeah. out moments yeah. that needed to go. Yeah. So I'm going to just mention that. Um, if you don't know, this movie is based off a t- of a BBC series that is series, yeah. six episodes yep. that Martin Campbell directed. Yes. And I think that's its biggest problem. And it does have that BBC mentality. Like you watch it going, this feels very, very bleak British Mm. television. And you watch it and go, oh, and you read about where it's like its origins. You're like, okay, I understand that. Because it does. It feels like it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it wasn't a super long movie. It feels Mm. very long. Yeah. 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 And it's like, they just didn't take the, 
interesting bits, like the correct bits and sort of put it together. To me, this felt like a creator who couldn't let go of moments that he loved. That yeah. in the TV yeah. series makes sense. Like the the scene of him going to the beach is an excellent example of that for me. That doesn't really need to be in this movie, but I get why he wants it in this movie because oh, it's something. It's about something a little bit deeper. And in a TV series, that scene works. You yeah. that that's a you you are developing this character into someone. You've got more time. You can tell the story of a father who is grieving over the loss of his daughter, but at the same time is trying to figure out who killed her. Mm. In a movie, you kind of got to skip that. You kind of need to, or make it a lot quicker, you know. And that's, I think, the biggest problem with this film is you can tell that Martin Campbell has a love of this story and he, or an attachment at least to it, and that he can't be, he can't cut things that he doesn't, that that he is attached to. Um, It feels very much like a J.K. Rowling script where she's got so many ideas that she can't just cut things yeah. that she likes. Yeah. And that's, I think, my biggest problem with this film. Yeah, I would agree. I think I agree. With, definitely agree with Taylor, is that they have the emotional investment very quick into the film. It's the daughter who's returned, and and they. I think they do miss a chance to tell a, an interesting story with why, firstly, why is she a target for this sort of thing? Is she the target? And that's the, where the story goes, ultimately, is was she the target or was Mel Gibson's character the target? Um, Mel Gibson was born to play this sort of mm. stoic character. Like this is very much like a role that I think he was good in. I think he could have been better, but I think that comes with a better script and better. Der- I, I I think he was alright. Oh, oh, his freaking accent. Yeah, oh, no, okay. that was god awful. In fairness, yes, the accent <laughs> oh, is very bad. It was so it distracting. Has really awful moments. Yeah. He like okay, so I don't remember where the movie was set. I remember the train station in the beginning, but I can't remember. It's Boston. It's Boston. Boston. That makes sense because (laughs) there is times where he is so heavy on that Boston (laughs) accent where I was like, is this set in Boston? I I didn't know. But um, my, the biggest thing I took away from this film is that considering it's a attempting to be some form of grounded thriller, every time someone gets shot in this movie, whether it's with a shotgun or a pistol, they go, flying the fuck back (laughs) and i laughed every time because i'm like this doesn't seem to match the tone of the movie like this is this is action movie Hmm. stuff well that's why when the daughter gets shot i was like she gets bazooka because she just (laughs) fucking flies breaks the door she flies through the like what the fuck are you shooting her with that makes her fly like you know what if that if that's how they want to start the movie and with a shotgun i'm like okay that's what you're but then people are getting shot with pistols and like in the like tapping the shoulder and they're like flying back like they're on wires mm. in like a huge action set piece. There's also a scene where Mel Gibson's fighting the boyfriend in the apartment or like they're having their first standoff and he like kicks the chair into the door and it stops the door and it's like a perfect kick. And I was like, that was awesome. Doesn't make sense in this movie why he has that perfect accuracy. Like there is nothing that has shown Mel Gibson as like a superhero esque cop that he was like no all we know is he's a cop we just know he's a cop we don't know he's yeah exactly we don't know he's like the you know the physical embodiment of like robocop so yeah there was some interesting choices with the action that i thought were did not match the tone of this movie i think uh this film has those moments that are very it has it's a film filled with great moments that just Mm. don't gel well together yeah so the scene with 
the dad and the daughter wh- where he's flat, he's remembering um the the you know uh when he's shaving like that's a really really yeah. nice moment in another movie mm-hmm. in this movie it kind of it takes you completely out of it um i agree mel gibson does give a really good performance in terms like he does the best he can outside of the yeah. accent he is i good. believed him like, yeah, he, yeah he's good in the action scenes like yeah. he's really good in the and even in some of the emotional scenes where he because he's very cold. Like yes. he, he once you can see there's the before his daughter dies, he's pretty happy, like not happy, but like he, he he's able to be the pre-daughter death and afterwards. And you can yeah. tell there is a difference. Yeah. And I, I, I liked that. Um, but again, it, it fell on tropes a lot, mm. like a lot of tropes that are typical and predictable. So, you know, the partner sells him out. Like, Oh, as soon yeah, as that yeah. uh, that was coming, like a mile away, that was coming. Um, a lot of other scenes, things that they they just pay off that uh, sorry that they set up that just never pay off. Um, uh, there's a lot about this film that just didn't work for me, but mm. then there's a lot that did also work in terms of like the action. I thought was pretty cool. Yep. Um, there was a lot of shocks. The the when uh, what's her name dies. Uh, she gets hit by the car. The, gets hit by the car. I was ex- full. I, I was going. She's gonna get die. Like yeah. I was fully expecting her to be killed yeah. somewhere. And then, it but just, it wasn't that way. Just, <laughs> but and that's a good like jump scare. Or no, like that. Yeah. that when shit. you think about the logistics of that, because it's like they have been like. They timed that really well yeah. in terms of because the, like, the car's going so fast that yeah. it's like they would have yeah. had to have known when she was getting yeah. out of the car, and you think there's no way they could know. No, that. that's, like yeah, it's it's very shock like, value. Oh, she's gonna do it. like it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it is a great like because yeah, that whole scene you go watching it going something's, something's gonna happen. Yeah. Why? Because she's you know telling him everything about yeah. the daughter, and you're like, oh, this isn't gonna go well. What's she gonna do? And then when she steps out, and it's like. Boom! Straight gets hit well, by the car, and then when he sh- shoots the tire just perfectly to and have the car have yeah. flip, flip through, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's this weird like really like mainstream action sequences in a very sort of low like it's a low key sort of yeah. thriller. Like yeah. it's like yeah. these two things that sort of don't really mesh. It was reminding well. me of State of Play, the Russell Crowe yeah. movie. You know what I mean? It had whereas. I don't think that's a great movie, but at least the action and the violence in that movie like felt more akin to the tone of what it was going for. Whereas, as we've all said it, like there is a mishmash of action feel and and conspiracy thriller feel in this film that doesn't meld. But it's good that you bring up State of Play because State of Play is probably another good example for based on a TV series, yes, based yeah. on uh, on this beloved series. But someone else did the film, yeah, and, and that's that, why it had a different feel. Yeah. So yeah. I think State of Play works better as a film because there is that element that is there is that detachment there's that okay i've stepped away i can do my own thing because someone else has come in and i think that's just what this movie was desperate for it needed someone else to come in because you're right in terms of the action and that comes back to me is the he is like okay it's an action film i have to put this action in because that's what the action is what sets the story to go Mm. but he hasn't adapted the action to be like okay the here is well where the action it'd be like watching the tv series and just the action scenes in the tv series not yeah there's nothing organic about the way that the action fits with the the story like it's almost like i'd be okay if this just kind of went we're gonna make it a conspiracy thriller 
conspiracy theory thriller and it's all going to be very understated. Mm. It's like, mm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, but we'll throw an action. Because I think they also, they did hype the fact that this was Mel Gibson's first movie in eight Yeah, eight so it was first films Signs. and Signs. And he'd done right. Passion of the Christ and Apocalypto directing-wise. And yeah. this was sort of just before we all started to mm. like really hate Mel Gibson. Well, it was, it was just, uh, he had the... Uh, the Jewish comments had happened, okay. like they had I happened, but it was about like the girlfriend. Had yeah, been, so yeah. that that was right. still coming, and anything about. It, I mean, and he sort of suffered for like ten years. Yeah. Oh yeah, really? Fuck yeah. 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 I mean, and there was also the Mel Gibson at that in 2010 was a very different time to now, where just because there was you had bad press didn't kill your career. Yeah. It wasn't the now, cancel culture we he, have now. He, yeah. yeah, it's like it'd be interesting to know if he's like if he said that now. Yeah. He'd ne- he would yeah. there'd be nothing. nothing. We yeah. would you would he would never be hired for any of this. And stuff I feel again. it's kind of like I you know and I I'm not like I certainly don't agree with anything that he said, but it's also mm. a case of yeah. But I really I still like enjoy him as an actor. Oh fuck yeah yeah. You know, it's like I can't really. And I think he's a pretty damn good director when he wants to be. Yeah, like, I, I think actor is just one of those things. Where it's like yeah, it's difficult to separate the two. But I'm like, yeah. but watching it, I'm like, I can take you as an actor. Yeah, and you did. Yeah. A moderately good job, even though, yeah, your accent was... God sort of, awful. It was, like a, it was like a comedy skit almost. Yeah, yeah it was, was just not, not good. Yeah. Not good at all. No. Um, yeah, this... Uh, again, also, this movie was very violent. <laughs> like It's oh, super violent. Like, well, yeah, very it's not, violent, it's not yeah. like consistently violent, but when it's violent, you're yeah. like, well, that hit, like, it hits hard. Yeah. yeah. And just like, as, as we say, it's like cruel violence too. Mm, yeah. Like the daughter getting shot, you're like, that's I know brutal. that we need that to be an emotional moment, but you're like, but you don't have to fucking like blast blow her away. Yeah. Bazooka Bazooka through when the she door. was and when she was struggling her. to breathe, yeah. oh, like the yeah. sounds oh, that they right. had her yeah. making, I was like, I can't. That's yeah. right. I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. And the the final shootout in the mansion is all, is all right. Like I had fun watching. Yeah. That. Like he walks in and just like pops dudes <laughs> in the head, and I was like, it's again, this doesn't make sense. With but. radiation poisoning at that yeah. point, like oh, he, he's true. like that's he's right. got yeah. full on yeah, radiation poisoning, right. and he's just yeah. Um, and I like it when he shoots the two main goons, and then has a chance to shoot the. Uh, I can't remember who the character is. Danny Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah when he yeah. shoots Danny Houston. Yeah, like that. That's was milk down his throat. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, we well, say it's like radiated, yeah. radiated milk. That's how <laughs> so they poison like, her. Have your calcium. Overdose on calcium. I hope you die. Yeah, you need your bones. Your bones to are better. brittle. <laughs> I just shot a bullet into them, and you need milk. <laughs> so yeah, that, the final shootout is is cool, but yeah, it's violent. It's a very <laughs> graphically violent movie. Yeah. And I, you can tell we don't have much to say about the movie because we didn't comment on the poster at all. Nah. <laughs> no. Actually, the poster's poster not that bad, though. I don't think the poster's yeah. that bad. It's not the gaze. Like, it's fine. It's It looks like a painting. It's yeah. a 2010 poster. Like, it is an action yeah. film That's poster. That's pretty much like what 21 Bridges decided to base their stuff off of. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I forgot 21 Bridges is a movie. Um, I do want to say, though, something like... I tried as hard as I could to fully pay attention to this movie, but there were points where I just was like, I Couldn't. can't. I can't do Oh, this. it drags. Um, yeah. But I don't actually understand what happens when... Like, how does this random cop just kill, like... Yeah. At the end, where they're, like, in the room with the senator and the informant oh, guy, oh, and yeah. then, like, what the fuck happens there? So, like, how... Uh, from my understanding, it was... He basically 
developed a conscience and just went, the, nah, the, uh, the the Ray, Winston. Ray, Ray Winston yeah, developed yeah, a conscience yeah. and went, nah, fuck all of you. you this. Right, but then he gets shot. Because he basically gave himself up because he was but dying that, anyway. That just doesn't make, like, I know. none of it, that scene it, it, It's like one of I feel like in the miniseries probably would have been done pretty well, but it, yeah. it wrapped it up so quick in the movie. Um, I did. There's the one scene that I actually did really like of this idea of. Sorry, it's running out of space. We've got 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, this one idea that I really did like, though, there's one scene where he said, "Oh, you've killed so many people, and every single person you've killed has loved ones, has family that are going to want to investigate more." You can't just keep killing people. No, yeah. <laughs> like killing doesn't make it doesn't fix the problems. Yes, yeah. like <laughs> I, this I, is only going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. Like I, those sort of things where it's got. There are moments where it has a brain. The yeah. the, the the movie has yeah. a brain. You go, okay, that's a really cool moment, and I wish you would develop on that, or yeah. that you you actually have put some thought in and into this, and then there's other moments where you go, oh, clearly you haven't. Yeah. Like, it, it's such a mixed film for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the box office for this week. All right. Number one was, again, Avatar with $31.2 million in its seventh week of release. Number two, Edge of Darkness with 17.2 in its first week of release. When in Rome opened to $12.3 million. Tooth Fairy dropped to number four. With 9.9, actually, no, sorry, held at number four with 9.9 on its second week of release. Book of Eli uh, was uh, number five with 8.9 million on its third week. Love uh, Legion dropped to sixth with 7.1 million on its second week. Lovely Bones had 4.7 million on its third week of wide release, eighth week of full release. Sherlock Holmes had 4.5 on its sixth week of release. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle, had $3.9 million with, on its sixth week of release, and It's Complicated took the number 10 spot with $3.8 <laughs> million on its sixth week of release. Extraordinary Measures and The Spy Next Door both dropped out of the top 10. Alvin, oh. Alvin's got those legs, man. Yeah, yeah it's I like can... I keep hearing that movie yeah. pop up, and I'm like, why would you It's die? funny because <laughs> Avatar doesn't shock us. We obviously now know that it made an absolute bang, two, yeah. two plus billion. And then it's Alvin and the Chipmunks. It always comes in. I'm like, holy shit, people. I mean, at the point, say, that's it was the only the second. second. Still there are four yeah. more. There are three more. So we did, we, de- we did get Alvin fatigue eventually as a society, <laughs> which is nice to know. But, I mean, for the second film, the fact that it's... Holding out strong and yep. in the box office. <laughs> All right. Major news stories. Scott Pilgrim versus the World sets its release date of August 13th nice. this year, the same day as Eat, Pray, Love and The Expendables. Ooh. So that's going to be a fun weekend. Wow. Those that's are exciting, actually. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> yeah. Everyone had a chance to see something in the movies that weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And apparently no one went to Scott Pilgrim, but uh, we will so talk sad. about it. No, but that. everyone watches it now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Out of the three, which one which one lasted? Yeah. Um, Expend. No. And, <laughs> and in sad news, uh, J.D. Salinger dies at 91. Oh. Wow. Wow. Jeez, 91? Yeah. Good evening. We, we lost J.D. Salinger. Uh, in 2010, wow. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, he wrote Catcher of the Rye, uh, one of the most beloved books in American history. Mm. Well, Famous controversial books in yeah. American history as well, yeah. Very famously 
has never allowed anyone to um, adapt it. Mm. So it's one of the it is one of the few books ever that he w- he they will never adapt into yeah. a movie. Um, one of uh, John Cusack famously used to say, "The worst part about getting uh, about growing up is I can no longer play Holden." Mm. And that's and that was he, like Holden's the main character, so that he can no you can no yeah. longer play that ma- so, that that character so he just in an decided adaptation. Decided to make like hot tub time machine. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, one day someone one day will convince you the estate to make it, but you never know. We never know. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, Netflix might shell out a. Fuck, money. Oh yeah. no! Tr- trust me, uh, he's been offered. I-, I think Warner's at some point offered him like fifty million, and this was back in like the eighties. Like they wanted that yeah. movie. Like it's because it will make it, especially back then. It would it would have been a like beloved classic at this point if someone ever made it, if they made, it right. and they did it right. Like yeah, it, it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's it's hard to know though. Like yeah. you don't you don't know. Like it could be made with the best intentions and then just not not work yeah. as a movie. And then yeah. it would be like. This is the catcher in the rye that we get. Yeah, yeah. true. It, it's true. But yes, uh, J.D. Salinger passed away at 91. And last one, Miramax closed its doors mm. for oh. the last time. That's the Disney-related story. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, like, I do have fun memories of watching movies. In the I do love the, yeah. the Miramax yes. logo popping up. As yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, you know, like we look back now at Miramax and, you know, obviously Weinstein, obviously everything. I mean... Weinstein, both the brothers obviously went on to create the Weinstein, Weinstein company. company. Yeah. So that that Miramax closing wasn't the end of the Miramax Weinstein. Like it was, it was yeah. really just Disney no longer being involved. Um, again, look, Miramax have made my favorite film of all time in Good Will Hunting. They've made plenty of like beloved classics. They were the the company that started the indie film. Yeah. really. Like well, they. You, you look back and you, or if you listen to interviews with Kevin Smith, he speaks nothing but high regard of Miramax and starting his career and things like that. Mm. So definitely a big point on the indie circuit. Yeah, yeah. like the the nineties were huge for Miramax. Like, it was, mm. and I mean, you know, then the twenty tens just uh, two thousand. Sorry, just were a rough decade for them, and mm. clearly they closed their doors and they were gone. Mm. Ten years ago, and I mean, look where the wine, look where the wine scene company is now. Okay. I think <laughs> really bad decades okay. back to let's, back. Let's, <laughs> but but let's let's not forget Miramax closed because of bad business. The yeah, wine no, scene yeah. company had good business, <laughs> just not good people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. Uh, and lastly, let's move on to Australian release dates. January 29th, twenty ten. Laura Abiding Citizen opened up. 15 oh, weeks shit. after release. Wow. Laura Biding yep. Citizen. Ah, oh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> You're still making the same movies. <laughs> oh. oh, Gerard Butler needs to fire his agent. Oh. And the other it's movie... It's too late now. Now you just got to Sorry, mate. Grandfather has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly was The Road, which opened nine weeks after release. That's an Oscar oh, movie yeah. with... Uh, Viggo Aragon. Yeah, Viggo. Ego Mortensen. Yeah. Uh, so they're the big ones from that week. Guys, thank you so much. I mean, we had yeah. a really, actually, we had a really, really good this was long a, conversation yeah. about when, when in Rome. Rome. Yeah. <laughs> like, who would have thought? Like, you're sort of watching it going, when in Rome, Edge of Darkness. Edge of Darkness will win this one. I mean, it's Mel Gibson. It's bad. And then we're all just like, when in Rome, it's like bad. <laughs> 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 
this is all of my dreams come true. Uh, <laughs> this is this is what you were secretly hoping like yes. leap year would all be, but instead it was. That's all right. Rome. I'll take it for winning. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it where I can get it. That's fine. Uh, that's fair. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode. Nick, where can the people find you online? Uh, on Instagram at Nick's Flix Fix. Peter. Uh, Twitter at rated PDG and Rotten Tomatoes Peter Gray. And Taylor, where can they find you on your own channel? Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to do that every week and you're going to get the look every single (laughs) That is fair. Guys, you can find me at Jacob London all over on various social media websites. Uh, Until next week where we will be reviewing. We are into another month. We are out of January next week. We're in February. It doesn't get much better. Uh, (laughs) We have From Paris with Love, the John (laughs) Travolta Oh, it only gets better. It doesn't get better. I can't wait to watch this movie again. And Dear John with Channing Tatum. Jesus. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, And the one that you were mentioning last week, Frozen. The 2010 Frozen film is in limited release. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I might we, watch that. Okay. But uh, uh, if you guys want to play there. along with us, that's what's coming there, up for That's us what next we'll week. be talking about next week, guys. Until then, my name is Jacob London. This has been 10 Years On, and we will see you next time.